I'm Andrew Haynes, and this is the Fair Game Podcast, the place where we talk about all things golf. At times, it feels like we're seeing a new golf brand pop up every day. On top of that, social media's algorithms don't always keep us informed in the best way possible. This year, we'll be creating new episodes with new brands you may have never heard of and sit down with the founders to learn more about the inspiration behind what they do and what we as consumers and golf nerds can keep an eye out for. This episode features Chris Hofzepian from Jane Golf and Tony Wagner from Fiori Golf. Let's get started. I'd love to start the podcast. We do this like, you know, these pairings, get people on the pod, just like talk about what you've been up to and whatnot. Um, but one, just learning a little bit about each of you just in terms of how you got into golf, because everyone has a fun story. Some people, it's like their dad, like me, I got into it. I was at a weird business trip. Like everybody's got a thing. Um, and then from golf, kind of like what led you into starting the brands um, that you guys have created? And then we'll talk about some other stuff. I mean, I've pretty much been golfing my whole life. Uh, I can remember at a really young age, my grandpa, my dad really got me into the game. And I can remember just going to the driving range and hitting balls and doing putting contests for like sodas. I remember that was pretty cool. And then it didn't, I didn't really get super into golf until after, unfortunately, I mean, I got into baseball and unfortunately I threw my arm out at a young age. So I was trying to figure out what, okay, well, I can't throw anymore. I was a pitcher. So I, I was just done with baseball and my brother and his friends were starting to play golf. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll pick it up again. And then basically played. And I, after that, I just fell in love with how hard golf was. It really felt like a challenge and I love practicing things. And after that, I pretty much played i started playing many junior events with like our local one bcjga and scpga and ajga so i did that for about eighth grade to junior year of high school and that was non-stop i was i was at the golf course monday through sunday all day just practicing and playing golf tournaments during that time and I was I was just in love with the game and then had a had a falling out pretty much when like high school came around, like started getting more into the social life and wanting to hang out with my friends because during that time period it was such a like I would just go to the golf course by myself basically and go play. Didn't really have a social life. So I got into that. So I fell out of golf. And then it wasn't until after I came back from college in Hawaii, uh, I started picking up the game again. Nice. Briefly, like, can you say a little bit more, more about the college in Hawaii? The reason I wanted to go out there is because I, after, well, yeah, basically after golf, I got really back into surfing. So, um, really got obsessed with surfing again. I was like, well, that's, the, that was actually the only college I applied to. I was like, I want to go to Hawaii because I want to, nice. I want to surf. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So it was super cool. I mean, it was a pretty rough three and a half years being in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> I I went out there and I uh, majored in entrepreneurship at the business school. Um, it was called Scheidler. That was their business school at U UH of Hawaii. Cool. And uh, yeah, I had a, a blast. Honestly, it was 
was amazing. And I was honestly surprised when I went there, how many people from like California were there and from all over. So I, cause I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I kind of just flew there and this is where I'm going to school. <laughs> there you go. Sometimes that works out. I mean, me personally, I only apply to one school. Uh, I applied to Savannah College of Art and Design. I was like, this is where I want to go. I don't want to go anywhere else. I applied. And also, I was also probably a little lazy of filling out college applications. So thank God I got in. So <laughs> Yeah, I remember I got the acceptance letter and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Like, Yeah, just rolling the dice. Yeah unfortunately i didn't get i didn't play golf out there once and i was like wow i can't believe i never did that but i plan to to go out there soon again i really want to make a collection based around hawaii maybe work with some people from hawaii that are designers and stuff like that so it's not just me from california like trying to start a hawaii collection or something like that for sure cool so then like so with so when did kind of like fiori kind of like come to life and this idea of you know ma making a brand in golf yeah it started around my senior year of college i saw a brand and i was like whoa like there's a golf brand trying to make like a lifestyle out of this and i was like wow this is crazy because when i grew up playing golf i mean like it wasn't something you were bragging about or what you know the cool kids were playing so I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then I saw, you know, like the PGA Tour, how much that's changed. And I saw this, this buzz around it that like, it's really growing. And I was like, wow, this is nuts. So um, about two years ago, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. I always knew I was going to start a, you know, a business. I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. To be honest, never thought it'd be in clothing. It was during COVID. I was either going to do real estate or start a clothing brand. So I had a book <laughs> that I bought that was called How to Start a Clothing Brand. And I read that and I was taking my courses for real estate. And I noticed how much more interested I was in this book rather than like the, the real estate. So I had no interest. So I was like, well, if I'm more interested in this book, I might as well really fully dive in and start this golf brand. And then I went after reading that book, uh, you know, I started trying to figure out a name and the name Fiori came up with, or how I came up with that is that my mom's side is from Italy. There are there, uh, her grandpa to be exact. So I was like, Oh, like I'm going to try to find something in Italian that would sound good. And I just wrote a bunch of names down and flowers was one. And then meant Fiori and I was like, Fiori golf, like that sounds kind of catchy, kind of cool. And, and then I was like, all right. And then, uh, I, the logo is, uh, basically it's a golf ball inside a flower on a tee. And I got lucky with that because I just told somebody like, Hey, can you put a golf ball inside or inside a flower on tee? They didn't know what I was going to get. And I got what I have now. And I'm like, at first, when I first saw it, I really didn't like it. And then I started looking at it and seeing the, like the, what it can be. And then that's where I was like, wow, this is like really cool. And then that's how I kind of got the story going for Fiori. And basically what I want Fiori to represent is like as a flower, it's basically like I want the consumer to feel inspired by Fiori 
and for them to feel to find their um what do you call it to evolve to their to their best person that they could be like a flower yeah that was one of the things that i saw first about the brand is that the the logo it, it has layers to it which i thought was pretty rad like so at first you see like oh that's a cool flower and then you look at you like oh there's a golf ball in there i'm like oh there's a tea so i think like having having that onion of stuff creatively always always gets me interested but awesome chris it's your turn tony's got a hat from like 2021 i went like after we met for the first time i went back like deep into his instagram there was like one hat in there i was like oh this is so good this like baby blue and you i i hit him i was like i need this he's like dude that's so long ago i don't even like know if i have that anymore. (laughs) but anyway i um my golf story started in high school i admittedly grew up as like a sort of like hefty overweight kid so um, when I tried out for like football or basketball or those things in high school and tried to do what my friends were doing, it was like, I just wasn't in shape enough to like figure that out. And, um, and golf was one of those things that for some odd reason, like my dad would tell me this story growing up, like that he got invited to play, you know, invited to meet Arnold Palmer at Bay Hill. Right. And like my dad was like from Romania, like came here with nothing, like sort of created a life for himself, my mom. And and like he put this meeting, like meeting Arnold Palmer is just like I made it. It was like one of those moments in his life. And it was all surrounded by golf. And um, I think looking back now, it definitely played a role into like, oh, maybe if I go play golf, like my dad would would look at me and be like, oh, he's on the right track, you know, so. Um, so I picked it up in high school and just started playing and quickly sort of got addicted to it. And I think over the course of my life, I think like a, like a lot of us that have played since we were a bit younger, like you sort of fall in and out of love with it. Um, and over the last like few years, um, you know, for me, it just ended up being one of those things where I was able to just go out. Like I play alone a lot. Um, and I just love that time to myself to go out and a meet new people but b just sort of like meditate you know it's very it's for me it's like meditation that way walking Mm -hmm. waking up in the morning and having my thoughts and and just being able to think so i was able to like really use golf in a way where it was a mirror for just like who i was and and what my character was and and why I was getting frustrated by hitting a bad shot when I only practiced once a week probably said a lot more about like where <laughs> I am in my life than like than I was giving it credit for. So I started to just pay attention to the game way more in that way um, and use it as sort of like the heartbeat of like what I needed to work on on and off the course, like personally. Um, so I think once that once that sort of shift happened, it just became an important part of my life. And um that's that's really just like the role it plays now but getting into golf was yeah i think like tony said never something that i that i actually thought would be a thing it was always just like a part of my life but um i was in the music business for 11 years oh interesting yeah i i came out of college and and um i was lucky to have a pretty sort of rad career and i you know i started working at beats by dre um, the headphone company and started mm-hmm. building a music streaming service with like 
Jimmy Iovine and Trent Reznor and a small group of people who were just like, this is when people were looking at Spotify, even like, is this going to be a thing? Um, and we started just building a streaming service for Beats by Dre. So it was this magical time where I was just like young and surrounded by a bunch of music fans. And we just sort of were backed by one of the coolest companies in the world and had to go build something new. Um, and, and I'll remember those days forever, but two years after we launched it, we got bought by Apple. Um, and then Mm -hmm. it was sort of that transition. I, again, never expected of having to work at the biggest company in the world and figure out how to take iTunes and really turn it into the Apple music as we know it today. So that was a blessing because I just got to sort of jump in again, like sort of head first. And I'm just, I've been obsessed with music my whole life. I feel like I was always that person in my friend group that like would make the playlist and DJ and do all that, you know, do all that um, to try to get ahead of what was happening. And um, I got to sort of play that role um, for Apple music, really. Like I really focused on going out into the, you know, just into the business and into the community and hitting the managers and the artists and the labels and the people that I really believed in, I thought were interesting. Um, and trying to find a way to use Apple as a platform to really promote their artists and and give them the resources that they needed that we had at our disposal, right? And Apple's got a lot of resources. So um, even though it's a big company, I tried to focus on helping the smaller, like emerging acts that didn't necessarily have the data yet um, and weren't obvious to people, but to me just felt like they had, they were so clear about who they were that over time, if you give them the time, it'll, um, they'll find a way. So, you know, what's, what's rad is like, as that, at that time, it was like the Billie Eilish's and the Khalid's and the Post Malone's were sort of the, you know, that crop of artists that was starting to come up and, um, you know, challenge what pop music was. Um, and, uh, and from there I went to Universal and I, um, had a label and, and start a new department for them and, and help them sort of figure out, you know, who those artists were that they had around the world that um, just really had a ton of potential and needed a bit more resource and, and um, you know, live, lived another sort of dream experience in that space. But um, as my deal was sort of coming up last year, I did a bit of the soul searching, you know, through, through COVID mm-hmm. on sort of where I was and what I learned and, um, what just excited me in my life and golf was just one of those things that every time I thought about it, like I felt like that kid that was just on the golf course, smiling from ear to ear, like just happy to be there. Um, and I just, as crazy as it was, felt like that was something I didn't want to just let slip away. Um, and I felt a lot of parallels, honestly, to what I was, you know, to what I was dealing with in in music back in the day, like in the same way that those artists I really gravitated towards were challenging what the status quo was. Um, I just started seeing that in golf and I started seeing brands pop up that were making more interesting things. I started seeing people that I was interested in starting to play um, and the game was just opening up um, in a really natural way. So. Um, I felt like it was it was the right moment to make a crazy decision and jump in a world that I didn't know anyone in and and see if I can do something a bit differently in the way that in the way that I saw it. So that um, that sort of brings us to now. Nice. 
it's very interesting uh <clears throat> this idea of and i don't want to say disruptors but like because you said something you said challenging the status quo and i think for both of you guys because i'd love to have your take on this on one because i have a lot of conversations with people and brands and look at the space i mean this is my first job in golf too so it's a very fascinating just it's it's fascinating overall um what like what do you guys think about because on one hand a lot of people might say there's too many brands in golf and there's like too many like people trying to like do stuff um but on the other hand you raise a fair point about like this idea of yes there are probably a lot of brands in golf but there are also a lot of brands that are doing quote unquote the status quo and i think each of you are bringing a unique take in kind of like the pieces and the things that you're creating um which i find interesting so uh yeah like i guess for each of you the the question one is i'm sorry i'm rambling here is that with what each of you guys are doing creatively what if what like what are you trying to bring to the game what is that perspective that you're trying to offer that a lot of other brands because i think you guys probably saw something and felt something that like something is missing in golf and i have something to offer i'm not just trying to make another polo i'm trying to provide something that hasn't been done before so like what like what are each of you focusing on i think for me what what I saw that golf was missing um, is basically like most, obviously the biggest golf companies, they're focusing on the 1% of going golfing. So me, when I was growing up or after, you know, I was saying after golf, I got super into surfing, how mm -hmm. I like to look at it. Basically, you know, when a surfer goes surfing, that's like equivalent to, your polo and your golf bag because he has his wetsuit and surfboard. Right. But the thing is, is both of those people are done. That surfer, when he's done, he's still going to represent a surf brand. And he's still going to, because the reason of is that he's, or the surf culture is, is just cooler in a way, I guess. I mean, it's not cooler than golf, but it's, it's already been proven. And I think that's what golf has been lacking is that it only, has been focusing on the 1% of going golfing than, you know, the 99% of the other part of it. Cause like, if you think about it for surfing, I mean, 99% of the stuff they're making isn't to go surfing. So I think that's what inspired me to create some, that, um, community for golf in my, in my mind. Dope. There are definitely enough brands like when I was when I was really thinking about the way I wanted to start, um, you know, there were definitely enough brands already like making the clothes well and starting to like fill that space well. And and for me personally, I just didn't want to I didn't want to start with the polo. Right. Like it just I wanted to I wanted to come off um, in a way that was able to be. Um, a bit more unique from my perspective. And I think like when, when I started Jane, like it was really just around this idea of creating a character that can represent what a golfer can be. Right. Like I would go see, you know, I would go play golf. I would, I would, you know, my own, from my own perspective, I care about, you know, the clothes, I care about the gear. I care about you know, the, everything that surrounds the game and how the game is so interconnected with so many parts outside of, you know, in my life off the course. I just always wanted something truthfully in my house that like represented, you know, the game I loved so much in a way that I thought actually felt 
correct to me and felt like something I could see myself in. Um, and that's why I just started by creating a character because I think, you know, in this sort of like post tiger era, if you will, like, you know, in terms of like the heyday, um, the game has just really grown really effortlessly. And I think, um, it's just because people were able, especially with COVID to go out, find it, find the role it plays in their lives, play with friends, be outside. But there hasn't been this sort of omnipresent, um, you know, figure in golf that was able to just like be someone people can relate to and inspire to and inspire to be. And, um, you know, that's sort of where my head initially went is like, can I create this character? Can I create a sort of new mascot for the game um, that can be a bit more relatable and creative and unconventional and interested in all the things that people like us are interested in um, on and off the course and do that in a way that, um, you know, can be can be something that an eight year old and an eight year old can look at and, and again, relate to. So that's really where the core of what you know, the path I'm on is is focused on is can I, you know, working to just turn Jane into this this character that um can connect with this new wave of golfers in a way that um I just don't see right now. Nice. Let's talk about this character. Like and obviously it's like, you know, the character's a golf ball and like has, you know, fun different personalities and like it has a vibe. Like your illustration style is super cool, very modern, very playful. What made you land on this specific style? Because I'm sure you've got like a full range of kind of like artistic ways that you can take it more fun, more serious. And then also like, you know, I discovered you through that book that you sent, which was sick um, or the calendar, I guess, if you will, coffee table book, which is fun. But it also has a wide range of art in there, which I think was really cool because you're not just saying, oh, like our brand could not just express itself with like one specific way, like when you think about graphics and art and, and like, you know, what you associate with, with Jane, what's your, what's your thought process? Yeah, for sure. I, I, um, I'd love to be able to take the credit for being the illustrator that actually drew the character, but <laughs> that's actually, um, an illustrator, uh, named Val, um, who is based in Paris. And when cool. I first sort of left my job, I just for some reason just started going down this rabbit hole just on Instagram, finding designers and illustrators and and just, you know, feeling like fueling that sort of creative tank and seeing what was out there and seeing what I gravitated towards. And um, I stumbled on I stumbled on his page and he just had a bunch of these characters that he was just sort of drawing um, in a style that to me I hadn't seen necessarily before but it didn't feel super foreign. It still felt relatable. It still felt familiar, familiar. It still felt playful enough. Um, and I just reached out to him and I was like, Hey, do you, um, would you be interested in like, I don't know if you play golf, I don't know, whatever, but like, would you be interested in, you know, creating a character with me that can sort of, you know, update the stereotype of what a, what a golfer is known to be. And because I want to create a, again, really just a book for me to have in my house to, to have it. And, and he was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm into it. Let's do it. And the best part about the story is that like Val doesn't speak like great, like his English isn't great. Right. And my mm -hmm. French is terrible. So <laughs> we legit like for two and a half months, just through WhatsApp and through like 
calls with like his half sister who was helping translate like legit had to like tell i was trying to get him to understand that i want to create this golf ball character that like goes to japan and eats at this place and like does all these things it's pretty bizarre enough um you know without the language barrier but we were able to figure it out and and get it done and i think over the course of that time you know that character development was really important like the way the character looked and felt when you just immediately you know land you know landed on it i want you to feel a certain way right like i don't want it to feel i don't want the character to feel too cool or to this or to that like i want it to be something that you know can can land with a wide range of people and and obviously i put a a lot of time into figuring out what my color palette was that i was never going to deviate from to make sure that it all was just very clear to people that when they saw it they knew it was jane so that's um that's i'm like forgetting the rest of the question but like that's at least the start of the illustration piece and how we landed on the character was really just finding someone that i you know that was already sort of doing this in their own way and just sort of taking that and applying it to our world for sure no i think that's super dope um and yes that answers the question tony with with fiori because obviously the brand is how old is the brand now is it has it been a year or not even a few months yeah it's been um it's been a year and i believe it's been four months a year and four months now that i've been or yeah so i started September 1st, 2021. So yeah, around a year and four or five months, I think. Nice. Is it, and it may be, it might be too early to answer this question, but like as a brand, because I think over time, a lot of brands will figure out kind of like what their core like pieces or what people are gravitating to. Like what are, like what are, what are people vibing the most about the brand right now? Personally, I think these jackets that I came out with, but I, I mean, realistically, it's what I think is my my logo. Um, anything that I do with, that I put on or have my logo on is pretty good. But uh, these jackets that I came out with, it's it was called the Veloce jacket, which means uh, speed in Italian. Seems to be a really good one. Uh, I have my logo on the hood and I just messed around with some colors and they popped really well. So I think those are my biggest ones right now. But yeah, those are that's the one I think. Sick. One random question connected to Italy, uh, because the so the Ryder Cup is there, right? Coming up. Yeah. Right. The next Ryder Cup is in Italy. If you had a choice, and this this is going to be tricky here, if you had a choice to outfit a team, right? What are you are you going are you going USA or or Team Europe? Which one? It's uh, tough. Yes, There's today. pros and cons on both sides. You going to USA? <laughs> it's like kind of poser-ish if I'm USA, but using the Italian name. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know the Ryder Cup was in Italy this year. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I think it's in, hold on, let's look. Is it in Rome? Uh, it's in Rome, yeah, end of September. The course is called Marco Simone. Might need to head out to that. I didn't know that. Yeah, you got to go, dude. It looks it looks ridiculous. Like. The thing that I like about uh, golf in Europe, I've only played, I actually went on like a bizarre trip. I used to work at this magazine and then I got to play golf in France and I went from like, I flew into Paris and then played where they had, was it the Ryder Cup there? Uh, the course near Versailles. And then like I went down the coast and played a bunch of different courses. But the coolest thing about golf in Europe that I love 
is like there's a golf course which is beautiful and like sometimes the trees are different but then sometimes it's pretty normal to what you see here and then you see some like super dope vibey like tuscan farmhouse thing in the back that feels a little out of place but then also very cool which you don't get at a golf course which i think is really really dope where's the chat i'm gonna put this picture so you guys can see it but this looks amazing like i want to play here yeah this is the course where the router cup's gonna be yeah like i don't know what that little villa is back there but it's dope we have to go you have to go looks insane there's just no choice like it's in rome it's a big year like you know it's i I miss the i miss the pga show in orlando but i'm gonna i'm gonna make this Ryder cup in rome no matter what there you go you gotta go i gotta go italy come on you gotta go i feel like you should pitch you should pitch both teams you should be like you should be the first brand to officially outfit everybody it's like look i live in america this is an italian heritage brand we're trying to unite golf. Like we'll, we'll have different colorways. Like we'll keep it, we'll keep it separate. Not everybody's wearing the same thing and see what happens. That's how you should pitch it. That's what I would do. <laughs> That'd be awesome. A hundred percent going to do that. I've thought about even to, uh, he doesn't play anymore, but remember Molinari? Yeah. Francesco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought about maybe getting him on board. It's Italian. <laughs> he's wait, he's still playing Francesco. Isn't he still playing? I have yeah. seen him in it. Is he still on the tour? He's playing. I mean, he plays the majors. Uh, he plays DP tour. Let's see what Francesco's up to. He's 12th, 12th in the European tour. Yeah, dude. He played. Uh, he's dude. Slide in the DMS and just see what happens. hundred percent slide. Right. <laughs> I will say Francesco seems like a very fun guy. Uh, one of my favorite things about Francesco is, uh, the i guess you can call it a bromance that he has with tommy fleetwood seems like a super cool dude so i'm, I'm gonna be hitting you up francesco check it out <laughs> i wonder if francesco listened to this podcast maybe he does who knows that'd be awesome if he like says hey i heard you call me on the podcast like let's talk that'd be amazing <laughs> we have not discussed there's always every episode we end up having some type of like gear tangent where we talk about gear and whatnot which I always love to talk about. I ha- I went to the PJ show. This was kind of like my first official show, if you will. Um, and I saw some interesting stuff. I have some thoughts on like modern tech. One, I want to hear what you guys on, because I saw some like really cool like launch monitors. I don't need a launch monitor, but I just want one because I think they're dope. Uh, but I want to hear just from you guys gear. One, just like what you guys are playing. I think I might just do a section on our Instagram that's just like what's in the bag with every podcast guest, just just for funsies. But what are you guys swinging? And then, like, is there any new stuff that you're looking to potentially uh, add add to the setup this year? <laughs> if you want me to go, I mean, I, it's fresh on my mind because I stare, I stared at them this morning. But oh yeah, uh, I need to stop buying clubs. I'm like waiting, <laughs> just going in and buying clubs. So I hope this is like the the last time in a while I'm talking about anything I'm looking at. But I found this insane deal on. Um, some Mira CB 301s on on eBay. Oh, didn't really like need irons, but the deal was just too amazing. So I just bought those. <laughs> Sick. Those are buttery, and it's it's really I treated myself on that. So I've got I got those. I've got um my woods. I've got a three five and a seven wood that are all ping 
um, G425s, I think. And then I got a stealth driver. And then putter is like back and forth between a spider and a Scotty that I don't hit well, but I just like how it looks better in my bag. Mm-hmm. That's on putter. And then I just have some Vokies on, on the wedges, but I think that's all of them. That's sort of what's going on. And I'm in a, and I'm in a Jones, a Jones bag. Dude, I will say the golf bug gets us all and we all end up buying things that we don't need. I have a problem with gear as well. I also have a problem with golf shoes, like way too many golf shoes. That that's that's a tough one. I will drop this on this podcast because I was having some side conversations with some people on Instagram who will remain unnamed. Uh and I won't say anything to get anybody in trouble. But apparently the word on the street is, do you guys remember the the TW13? the Tiger Woods Nike free golf shoe. One of one of my favorites of all time. I love that shoe. Just designed. It was, look, it didn't breathe the best, but like I love them and I and I wore them to death. Uh but the word is they're coming back. I heard they're coming they're going to drop them again. I'm like you. Like I have like way too many and the reality is like you sort of only wear one pair. Like you have one pair that's comfortable that you just wear all the time. Sure. My stuff I think stylistically, aesthetically, my favorite golf shoe that I bought in the last year were the Buscemi Foot Joys that they did. I just mm-hmm. love those. I love like the color. I love the whole thing. But to me, the most comfortable golf shoe, because of just like the sole and like inside the cushion, whatever, are, are these G4 golf shoes. Like the yeah. the standard sort of classics and also like the 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 sportier like more rainproof you know pair I, they're not they're not like the coolest but like they are honestly like I wore those this morning again and I'm just like these are comfortable like I don't leave around with like my pinky toe feeling like it's about to fall off and <laughs> a lot of other times like that's the case when I'm trying to like style it up and like look fresh but um, I don't know have you guys ever tried those I have. I like the G4. To be honest, I I don't even I don't wear golf shoes anymore. Oh, you're just I like straight. I've worn golf shoes since I played competitively. Interesting. I just wear. You know what's a really good non-golf shoe is on running Federers. The Federers. Wait, did those the runner? Did they actually have some traction? Or are they smooth on the bottoms? They're smooth on the bottom. I need a little bit of of a grip. I'm a slipper. I mean, that's a good look. And that's a good fit on the course. I will say also, I have been kind of like curious. I'm a hardcore. Uh, I love the foot joy traditions, the new one. Like that's like my go-to golf shoe. It's not hard. Out of the box, it's comfortable. Traction, but not too crazy. Uh, but I have been dabbling with this idea of, and I haven't been able to find a shoe yet. I want a non-golf shoe that feels like a golf shoe. Uh, so I recently, um, I've been trying to resist buying the, uh, you know, the Tom Sachs Nikes. I want those so badly, dude. I got, I got bit hard by the bug. I finally gave in and like overpaid for them on StockX, and I got them earlier, earlier this week. And like, truly, truly, no, no regrets. I'm like, I, I, they are amazing. But I've been, I've been curious about do I, do I take them out on the course? Because they do have some like kind of like there's a little grip action. To be honest, it's a good training aid, you know, for maybe so it doesn't, you know, you don't slip your feet and maybe right. learn how to not. Very true. 
personally, I just, I'm just a minimal person. Like I don't, I don't want to go to the course, put my golf shoes on, go golfing, put my golf sh- or take my golf shoes off, put my shoes on. I don't know. I, I'm a one pair type of person. And then that's fair. Back into the club. I still play my clubs from high school. So I haven't got a new club since then. I love it. But what I have in the bag is I get a 90, 909 D3 Titleist driver with a Matore F1 shaft. But I think it was like a Japanese exclusive because it's got this crazy like design on the shaft. It looks super cool. Sick. For my hybrid, I got a TaylorMade TP Rescue. And then my irons, I got Mizuno MP68. And those are blades. And that's the one thing that I'm probably going to get new irons soon because all that does is hurt my game because I don't play as much as I used to <laughs> and the grips. Yeah. All my grips are still on there from them from, the, from that time. So I really got to get dialed in with some new clubs because it, it doesn't help when I, when I go play, I probably added another seven strokes to my game because of it. No, I mean, that sounds like a solid setup. Yeah. And then I have a, I have a six Scotty Cameron, it's a California and they came out with like a line. It was the California Monterey and that that's, that thing's pure. I got like a weight in the grip. So it's like counterbalanced. I think. Nice. Feels like butter. Probably will never change that thing out. But, and then I got a, I rock a Sunday bag. Super minimal. Sunday bag is where it's at. Like a, a McKenzie. It's a ping old school ping oh, Sunday man. bag. Dude, the ping bag is great. I'm, I might get a hoofer just because the design is great. I think their their bag designs, those hoofers, I mean, for years have always been super, super nice. And then when I was playing competitively, Sun Mountain was killing it. Like their yes. their colorway were were sick. And I had one of those at that time. I mean, word on the street is Sun Mountain makes the light. I look, I don't have any facts to back this up, but from what I've heard, they make the lightest golf bag on the market. I think I one that was like two and a half pounds and it was super light and it yeah. held everything dude gear that's the problem like you you start looking at stuff and then next thing you know it's two in the morning and you're on ebay like buying like vintage mizuno head covers and you're like why but that's how it happens don't even start <laughs> on the head covers i've got i've got so many i've got like the ones i just i'm like making the, my own like jane stuff now on the head cover side like i've yeah. had these Furry pebble beach from like the nineties, like for all my woods, like so old to the point where like the driver head cover doesn't even fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the biggest bummer because you have the perfect set and it just doesn't fit the driver. So yeah, there's there's this addiction goes deep in so many yeah. aspects of like bag and the clubs and the head covers and, and all of it, but it's it's always fun. I love it. From each of you guys, just to wrap it up, I would love to have just a quick little, you know, as things warm up, what can people keep an eye out for from each of you, uh, from Jane, from Fiori? Um, yeah, so people can stay engaged. Because I think it's it's one of the things that we're excited about doing is that just there are so many cool people like you guys doing interesting things in golf. And also, you know, the Instagram algorithm is not ideal and sometimes it's really hard to kind of like find out like what's going on so we're just trying to like empower people with like hey here, here's what's happening in golf here's some cool interesting things to check out so yeah so give give people the quick little 
what what to look out for between now and I don't know now and May maybe how's that sound yeah for us for Fiori in 2023 um we've got some pretty cool collabs coming up uh one of the collabs is actually um doesn't have to do with golf so I'm really super excited about that one and the story behind that is to bring these two communities together to show how similar and different they are in their ways and um we got our spring collection coming out we're hoping to have it out by the it's either going to be the middle of march or end of march so we got three things coming in the next four or five months dope i need all that all of it we gotta do we gotta do the 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 gear swap yeah i think i think for for jane it's really just breathing life um you know into this character in in a few different ways definitely over the next you know six months um you know working on obviously there are things on the sort of like apparel accessory side but also um just really finding more interesting ways to have jane tap into what's happening in popular culture um and events that are happening in in golf and outside of golf and um, just finding ways for for Jane to participate in those things that are a bit less um, static. So that's that's what to look out for here. But I think as always, we're just going to keep it. You know, we're going to keep it quiet until it's time to until it's time to hit go. Nice, very exciting. All right, guys, that was it. Thanks for the time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fair Game Podcast. If you haven't already, you can hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever service you may be using. We've also launched the Fair Game app, golf's first digital clubhouse, the place to play your game and connect with golfers across the country. You can find it in the App Store or on Google Play. You can also find us on Instagram at Fair Game Golf and check out some of our original videos on our YouTube page. You can find all these links in the podcast episode details. We'll see you next time.